Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Coming up on this episode of The Entrepreneurial You. If you try to make something for everyone, you will make something that's boring and safe, and you will make something that's not remarkable and worth spreading. So the opportunity is to make it for the smallest viable number of people. Because if you can realize that there's only a few people who you're able to build this for, you will make it magical for them. And those people are likely to tell their friends. Hi, I'm Henneke Watkins-Sporto, your inspirational leader and host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bookophilia, Patwa Apparel, and the Jamaica Stock Exchange. And now, let's go to today's episode. Today's guest is the author of 18 books that have been bestsellers around the world and have been translated into more than 35 languages. He's also the founder of the Alt-MBA and the Marketing Seminar, online workshops that have transformed thousands of people. He writes about the post-industrial revolution, the way ideas spread, marketing, quitting, leadership, and most of all, changing everything. You might be familiar with his books, Lynchpin, Tribes, The Dip, and Purple Cow. In addition to his writing and speaking, he's founded several companies, including Yo-Yo Dine and Squidoo. His blog, and I'll tell you where to find it later, is one of the most popular in the world. His latest book, What to Do When It's Your Turn, is now in his fifth printing. You can find it at yourturn.link. Of course, I'm over the moon to have as my guest on The Entrepreneur You today, the one and only Seth Godin. Welcome, Seth. So good to have you. Well, thank you for having me. And it sounds like you're someplace warm. So I hope that you're enjoying the day. Oh, yes, I am. A great start to my day. It's warm right here in Jamaica. And so I'm going to ask you a little something about Jamaica. So if I should say to you, you're little, but you're tallow, would you understand what I mean by that? No idea. <laughs> okay. So in other words, uh, when we say in Jamaica, you're little, but tallow, like we always say that Jamaica, Jamaica, little, but we tallow, in other words, don't be fooled by our size because although we're small, we have great impacts. Yes, indeed. And there are people all over the world who have come from Jamaica and continue to contribute in interesting ways. Awesome. All right. So let's dive into it. You are an amazing thought leader. The world has recognized you as one of the most outstanding thought leaders there is. But before we get to who you are today, certainly you weren't always, you know, this person. What are the, uh, who are the early influences of your life? You know, like most people, I grew up with terrific parents who opened the door for me and challenged me and taught me about generosity and care uh, and fairness. And uh, I try to repay that every single day. And I've been super lucky throughout my life to have uh, jobs and clients and partners and most of all readers and customers who want a little bit more, who care about what they're doing and want to make a contribution. And when you're surrounded by people like that, I think it's your obligation to figure out how to do more for them and with them. Mm -hmm. So you're all about impacts. 
Well, I think that we have opportunities and we can either see possibility or we can see problems. And if you can see possibility, then you have a chance to contribute. So you talk about seeing possibilities and possibilities exist every day around us. Sometimes we're just not seeing it. And many persons, you know, they, they subscribe to this gloom and doom story. How can you, you know, direct or help them to navigate, you know, to finding or identifying those already existing opportunities? Well, I think it's super important to not try to change the world. That every once in a while there's a Facebook, every once in a while there's a Google, but I'm not going to build that and neither are you. And rather than waiting for every pitch to go by while we wait for the perfect one so that we can hit a home run or a century, I think the opportunity instead is to make any contribution and then do it again and do it again and do it again. And that shift keeps you from hiding. All right. And, and not everybody, as you say, would be you know creating a Facebook or a Google, but... Um... People do create Facebook and Google. Now, how do we get to the point? Because you're all about ideas spreading. How does one get to that point where you tip the scale and so you become a Facebook and you come, become a Google, Amazon, whatever it is? Yeah, I just don't think that's a good question. I think that that question is helping people say, well, I don't live in the right place or I don't have the right education or I don't have the right idea. And as a result, we sit on the sidelines waiting for perfect. You know, I knew the people who were building Google at the beginning, and they had no idea that this is what was going to happen. And uh, Jeff Bezos in 1995 certainly had big plans, but he had no idea that this was going to happen. And Steve Wozniak, who invented the personal computer, didn't think he was building the most profitable uh, company in the history of the world. That's not how these things happened. They happened because someone wanted to do something useful. We talk about those companies because globally, they're all recognizable to everyone. You know, unless you live under a rock, probably you, you wouldn't know. And we're talking about ideas and how ideas spread. Somebody who has an idea and they may think, you know, this is not worth anything. It's, not, it's just an idea. But how do you have an idea, execute on that idea, and allow people to buy into that idea? How do you build that tribe? That's a fantastic question. So I did a blog post a few years ago called First 10. And the idea is pretty simple, which is that everyone knows 10 people who trust them. Everyone has the attention of 10 people. So once you build your uh, project, whether it's a book or a cafe whether it's an insurance policy, whatever it is, you share it with those 10 people. Those 10 people will either say something nice to you or tell other people. If all they do is say something nice to you, then your idea isn't good enough. But if they tell other people, the idea begins to spread. It doesn't spread to everyone. It's not for everyone. It's for some people. And if you've built it to be for some people then those people will tell other people. And one by one, it begins to spread. And the mistake, the trap, is thinking that you're trying to make something for everyone. If you try to make something for everyone, you will make something that's boring and safe. And you will make something that's not remarkable and worth spreading. So the opportunity is to make it for the smallest viable number of people. 
the smallest number of people that you can get away with. Because if you can realize that there's only a few people who you're able to build this for, you will make it magical for them. And those people are likely to tell their friends. You talk about the three questions, um, litmus test questions, as it were. Who are you upsetting? Who are you connecting? Who are you leading? Those are your questions that you think we should all ask, you know, when we're trying to develop an idea. Elaborate a little on that for me. Sure. So upsetting means that um, you didn't make it for everybody, that you made something that's changing the world, that you made something that other people don't want, but other people do, that that goes right back to my point of the smallest number of people. Then connecting, because each of us is thirsty for being seen, being understood, not being alone. So if you build something that lets other people find each other, and this is what all Facebook is really, then you will attract people who want to be connected. And then the third one is leading, which is, are you making a change happen? Are you building an environment, a world, a project that some people want to see succeed? Because if you are doing that, then there's a chance that people will join you in your journey. I see you and many other people see you as this idea generating machine. How do you spend your time? You know, what do you do? Who do you connect with? And do you see yourself as an idea generation machine like others see you? Well, I guess I'd start by asking you the question. Have you ever had an idea? Oh, gosh, too many. <laughs> right. I, I think it's fair to say that most people have had ideas. And so the only difference between me and them is that when I have a bad idea, I say it out loud. And if you say enough of your bad ideas out loud, sooner or later, you're going to have a good idea. And that's the difference between me and many other people, is I don't have more ideas than they do. I just put my ideas into the world so that I'm clear to have the next idea. And rather than censoring all of them, sometimes, one out of ten times, it's pretty good. And that activity is something that's available to everybody. I'm going to take a break right here to thank our sponsors and to bring some information over. So let's take a break and we come right back. Success is something that we gradually work towards as an end goal, but we need to be in the right environment to make it happen. Bookophilia is dedicated to providing a space for book, coffee and tea lovers, creatives, educators, students and professionals who want ideas, innovation and inspiration. They have a variety of high quality books, a cafe, events such as book launches, signings and art exhibitions and professional services uniquely tailored to your needs, culture and tastes. Their environment provides for the full literary arts experience, allowing for multifaceted creative expressions. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bookophilio. Do you want to see the world filled with better leaders? Filling the world with leaders worth following starts with you in your company, organization, or community. On May 4, 2018, join more than 100,000 leaders from around the globe at the world's largest leadership event, 
Leadercast Live, broadcast live from Atlanta to a community near you. Leadercast Live brings together acclaimed global leaders to create a leadership experience unlike any other. Learn from leaders like Andy Stanley, Michael Hyatt, and Dr. Jim Lear on why it's essential to develop your core values and principles as a leader. Join us at Leadercast Live and discover the tools you need to lead yourself first so you can lead the way for others. For more information on this can't miss event, visit HennyCoWatkinsPorter.com and click on Leadercast Kingston and invest in the future of your career, your organization, your community, and your world. Welcome back. We are talking with Seth Golding, the ideal generation machine, and we're talking about how ideas spread before the break and um, talking about you know him being. Uh, I an ideal generation machine. Now we want to move into a little about leadership, and because leadership, leadership, you know, it, it it's something that is so so misconstrued. You know, sometimes we think that we have to be um, leaders or operators of large corporations or persons in government or in politics to be leaders, but it's required of every one of us to to lead ourselves to get to that point where we. We, we, we develop our core values and, you know, standards so that we can effect, in effect, lead other people by our very action. So leaders are, are faced, um, Seth, with, with decisions that will impact, with impact others on a daily basis. What are some of the most important decisions that you think we should make on a daily basis? Well, I want to make an important clarification, which is there's a huge difference between being a leader and being a manager. And there are lots of managers in the world. Managers have a job. Their job is to get other people to do their job faster and cheaper than they did it yesterday. Without managers, we wouldn't have cars, we wouldn't have healthcare, we wouldn't have lots of things. But leaders are different. Leaders point out where we might go next. Leaders do not dictate what we do next. That's what managers do. Leaders inspire us to go where we want to go. So choosing to be a leader means choosing to be wrong, often wrong, because leaders are doing something that there is no guarantee will work. And you've got to either choose intentionally to do that or not. And once you decide to be a leader, I think it's easier to take a deep breath and realize that, you know, the job of the ditch digger is to dig a ditch and the job of the leader is to be wrong on her way to being right. Wow, that is profound because quite the contrary, we think sometimes, you know, as leaders, we always have to be right. And um, and if we're not right, you know, we're afraid of looking badly in the eyes of others that are looking on and we, we don't want to be criticized, but um Innately in what you're saying is that we must be prepared as leaders to be criticized, to be wrong, in order to get it right. That's right. And that's why there's so few leaders, because we've been taught from an early age to do well on the test, to do well in school, to be managed and to be a manager. And so what is the one leadership trait that you think should run across, um, you know, that thread that run across all leaders, across cultures, boundaries? Well, I guess if I had to only pick one, I would pick empathy. Uh, people don't believe what you believe. People don't want what you want. Uh, people don't see what you see. And if you can't accept that, it's going to be very difficult to lead. 
it's, it's about empathy. It's about putting yourself in the shoes of others and being able to, to feel what they feel, uh, to, to, to be where they are without actually being there, but just to, you know, to empathize. Exactly. <laughs> and how, how would you advise, uh, someone who's going to leadership? So let's say somebody is, um, taking on the role of a CEO for the very first time of an organization. Uh, what advice would you give to that person who is taking on that leadership role? The first piece of advice. Well, I think you've just described someone who's becoming a manager. And if you're becoming a manager, I think you need to get good at management. Um, but you can be a leader without having a job. You can be a leader without having people working for you. So the time to start becoming a leader is not the day you have a job or you have people who report to you. That's the day to become a manager. The idea is... Once you commit to being a leader, it's way easier to learn how to do it if you don't also have management responsibility. You know, so if we look in the United States, one of the greatest leaders of my lifetime was the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. How many employees did he have? Right? How could he insist that 600,000 people show up at the mall on Washington, D.C. at 9 a.m. or they would get fired? No, that's not the way you approach it. And because he had to approach it that way, or Gandhi had to approach it that way, or Nelson Mandela had to approach it that way, because the people who we hold up as leaders, each of them, didn't have the official lever, they had to learn a different thing. And that different thing was paint a picture of where you want to go, and then describe that picture to us in a way that makes us want to go there with you. And the key to that is enrollment. Enrollment means that people want to come with us, not that they have to. So one of my favorite movies is The Wizard of Oz. And if you think about The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy didn't hire the scarecrow or the tin man or the lion. She invited them to go with her to Oz to get what they wanted. And that's what leadership looks like. So um, I'm going to shift gear a bit and I'm going to go into some of the projects that you have because you have uh, hardly anybody I speak to who doesn't know about Seth Godin, right? Um, your many books, as I mentioned in the intro, 18 have been translated um, into uh, more than 35 languages and so on. And you have what is called Alt-MBA and you do also the, the marketing seminar. Delve a little into the Alt-MBA program, what it's all about and what are you trying to accomplish? The Alt-MBA is not an MBA. It doesn't have a certificate or credential. Instead, it's a 30-day intensive workshop. People in 650 cities in 40 countries around the world have taken it. And what we do, it's all online with video and group work, is we do 13 projects designed to help people see the world differently, to help them make better decisions, and to help them lead. And we've been running it for more than two years. We only run it four times a year. And it is, you have to apply to get in but it changes people's lives. And we've had people from big organizations and small ones. We've had freelancers. We've had lots of nonprofits, people from Room to Read and Pencils of Promise and Kiva and Acumen and Charity Water. And we're really proud of how it transforms people because we discovered that if you can connect people who want to go somewhere and get out of their way, you are capable 
of helping them do great things. I was watching the um, the video that you have online and it, you talked about, you know, it's not enough time to do it in, in, in the time that it's, because it's four weeks, right? And people have to crunch in, in addition to their family lives, running businesses and whatever else it is that they do. Uh, at the end of that four weeks, you know, as you say, it's not enough. How do you normally, you find that people are really, you know, making it work within that short space of time with what it is that we're, they're doing in that time? Well, 96% of the people finish it. <clears throat> and what we find is that they tell us that for the next months or years to follow, they get more done than they ever thought possible because they spend less time watching television. They spend less time surfing the internet. They spend less time looking at who likes them on Facebook. And instead they transform into leaders and each of us is capable of making a huge contribution and the Alt MBA challenges people to do just that. Finally, want to touch on the Purple Co. I want to kind of get finally from you, your thought process into writing that book. And um, did you know that it would have become the bestseller, the success that it has become? Every book is a surprise bestseller. There's, there's no way to predict if a book is going to break through. The, you know, the day that my book came out, there were more than 200 other books published. And the week that it came out, there were more than 1,000. The chances that a book breaks through and becomes a singular hit are close to zero. And you go in knowing that. You write the best thing you can. You hope that it will spread. You do it with care. And if it works, you know, you're, you can pat yourself on the back, but not for long because you have to go write another one. My book before that had been a terrible failure, and my publisher had actually fired me and said he didn't want to publish any more books by me. And, um, and I had no plans to write another book. And then a friend of mine named Lionel Poulin, who was the most famous baker in Paris, he was killed, tragically, in a crash with his wife. And I realized I wanted to honor his work by dedicating a book to him. But I didn't have a book. So I had to write a book so I could dedicate it to Lionel. And when I thought about Lionel's life, uh, running a small business, when I thought about how the world was changing, I realized that I should write a book about how marketing was going to be new and different now. And I wrote Purple Cow in about eight weeks after that. Very amazing stuff. And, you know, right here in Jamaica, I mean, globally, you are recognized in Jamaica. We do follow you a lot. Um, you know, we refer to you on the entrepreneurial scene. We talk about marketing and so on. So you have been making an impact around the globe and we appreciate you. And I know that, you know, you're not going to stop. You're only going to keep going and keep inspiring because that's what leaders do. Leaders inspire, you know, to, for, for change to happen. And it doesn't have to be, you know, en masse. It can be one person at a time and you would have made a difference. You would have made an impact. So, Seth, I want to thank you for being who you are, uh, being this person of influence in a very positive way now. Um, before we close out uh, with your contact information, is there any final thought that you have that you want to leave with us? Well, you know, the Internet's interesting because the Internet means that wherever you are, everyone in the world is your competition. Your competition for Instagram followers, your competition for customers, whatever it is. But it also means that you're the center of the world. 
and that whether you're in Jamaica or Guyana or, or Liechtenstein, it means that everyone is a click away from you. And that carries huge amounts of possibility. And so our job is to find and build something that other people care enough about to pay attention to. So people form, as you hear, to find and build something that people care enough about to pay attention to. That's an, a profound way in on a point on which we can end. And of course, if you want to connect with, with Seth, please go, to, just type in Seth, um, you know, in Google, uh, Seth Godin, and you go in and you will definitely find what, um, find of so much information about him, what it is that he's doing and the books that he's writing, his blog is very popular by the way. So just type in Seth Godin and you will find information on him and content that will take you years and years to complete. Once again, Seth, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Entrepreneurial You, sharing some insight with us. And uh, I'm sure that you you have said enough so that my people form as my persons listen in will be able to make even as a tiny, tiny shift in their lives as it is right now. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Baxter and I both appreciate it. And I am grateful for people who care enough to do something like a podcast. And I know it's not easy. And I thank you for putting in the time and the effort. And now a word from our amazing sponsors. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing? Or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. What do you know? We have come to the end of another great episode of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I trust that you learned something and that something resonated with you so that you can share with others. And speaking of sharing, I'd so love for you to leave a comment on the show notes page of each episode. Well, we're talking about this one in particular. Leave a comment at the end of the page so that when you go the topic, you click down. And at the end, there is an option there for you to comment. If you're accessing through iTunes, then by all means, I'd love for you to leave a rate and review. That will keep us as a top rated podcast. It means a lot to me for you to help me out in this way, right? I know you are listening from all over the world. And I so appreciate it from Japan to Germany to India to Pakistan, everywhere in the Caribbean, in the United States, in Jamaica in particular. Big up my Jamaican peeps. Big up those, of course, in Ohio and all those other states that persons are listening in from, that you are listening in from. I so truly appreciate you. Now, if you want to reach out to me personally, 
you can actually send me an email, you know, send it to Henneke Watkins Portal at gmail.com. I am truly looking forward to connecting with you. If you want to send me a voicemail too, you can do that through my website. Just go to the middle at the right of the screen. There is an option for voicemail when you go to hennikawatkinsporter.com. I do want to hear from you. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. What good? <laughs>